Hello, it's a beautiful February 29th day. My name is Taylor DeSormeral. I'm the sports editor at Central Michigan Life. We have our assistant sports editor, Andrew Serma, here. How you doing, Andrew? Good. How you doing? Happy Leap Year to everyone in the room. Happy Leap Day. And then also we have a special guest here, Evan Shishello, our men's basketball beat writer. How you doing, Evan? It's good to be here. I am enjoying this day very much. It is a good day. So there's lots going on today, uh, the first of which is the NFL Combine. CMU's only... Uh, only had one player at the combine. That was Kayvon Frazier, and he actually did not um, compete today. He did earlier in the weekend, though. Tell tell me about that, Andrew. Yeah, so he missed the final day today, and today basically includes the forty timing, the uh, other uh, shuttle drills, cone drills, basically speed drills, mm-hmm. just for defensive backs. Just for defensive backs today, and he is sitting out due to a fracture in his foot. It's supposed to be it's a small hairline fracture. Supposed to be back for the Chippewas March 17th, or yeah, March 17th pro day. Um, but he did sit out. He did. He actually impressed on his first day. He had uh, 18 reps in the bench press, which is mm-hmm. I think fourth among defensive backs, third within his individual testing and the group. safeties. Yep. So it's uh, he, he he tested well, un- but unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So we've we got to see Kayvon Frazier a little bit last year. He he wore the number five, I believe it was. He was pretty impressive. Yeah. I think one of his biggest honors was getting to wear that number 21 twice under Derek Nash. Yeah. Evan, you you watched him play a little bit. What did you think about Kayvon? And do you think he's maybe NFL talent? Well, I think Kayvon's a tremendous person, first off. I mean, I talked to him about uh, the Derek Nash uh, s- situation back in August, and he was very humble, very emotional. He seemed, uh, you know, just a team player. He's a team guy, and uh, he got to wear that number 21 jersey, uh, I think it was a couple times. Yeah, for sure. the bowl game as well. Yes, and that's a high honor to get. Uh, but, you know, Kayvon Frazier and Tony Anise, they're the core of that secondary and that back. They wore that core to secondary. I mean, Kayvon Frazier, he wasn't the guy that was going to get interceptions. He had five interceptions his career. But he had 269 tackles. You mm-hmm. know, when the plays break down, he was always there. He's a very physical uh, defensive back. He's big. Very big. Big hits, too. Big, big hits. hits. Very aggressive. That might be his downfall, though. Sorry to interrupt you, Evan. But that might be his downfall in the fact that what scouts are seeing is a, a safety that loves to come up in, in, in the run game and support, but that could leave him out of position at times. That could, and they, that could cost, you know, you can get burned pretty easily. Um, but his size is what's impressive. Mm-hmm. Six foot, he measured at the combine. Six foot, uh, 217 pounds, nine inch hands. Um, I forgot his wingspan, but it's it's mm-hmm. a good size individual. I think you always have to worry with concussions too, with all those big hits and the durability, yeah. especially when you're going against a lot bigger running backs and and just offensive linemen in general. You're really facing some big dudes, so you never know what's going to happen there. But I think so what would you say they projected Kayvon to be like sixth or seventh round? Uh fifth round, mid fifth, fifth round, round, early sixth. Um, I want I want to say the eight. 184th overall pick. Okay. So last year, CMU had three guys in the going to the NFL Combine. One was Latarius Walton, who was drafted by the Steelers in the sixth round. And you had Titus Davis, who went undrafted. And then Thomas Rawls, who everybody knows went undrafted and then went to the Seattle Seahawks and pretty much became a legend in one year. Um, maybe yeah. not. Maybe not. But anyways, he, he did some good <laughs> things with the Seahawks. Um so only one guy going this year, but who do you think has a chance to maybe maybe not be at Thomas Rawls' level in this first year, but who's somebody that could maybe be signed as an undrafted free agent that's a senior that could maybe do something for a team? Either of you guys. Out of the MAC? Or from, off, from, from CMU, CMU. yeah. Got to go back. Uh. Not a whole lot of seniors this year, which yeah, is one of the interesting else. things. That's kind of why the new class coming in this, this fall is a little bit smaller, just because there weren't as many seniors that are graduating. I think a couple guys on the offensive line. I mean, Ramadan Amedi and Nick Beamish, uh, mm-hmm. two very sound uh, players. I mean, Nick Beamish started every game at center since he was a freshman. 
Really? So he's had, I think, yeah, he's started every game. It's been Cooper Rush's guy under center. Mm-hmm. Cooper Rush is under center for him for forever. He has a lot of talent. Uh, we talked about Kayvon Frazier. I think Kayvon Frazier, he projects as a special teams player mm-hmm. uh, more than the safety. Uh, he's got some speed to burn. Uh, I think he could fall on the draft now uh, based on, you say he's a fifth round. What did you say What he was? Mid-fifth, early Mid-fifth, sixth. early sixth. From CBS Sports. Okay. He could probably fall out now because that's what they have to use the combine testing results. And they yeah. talk about your who you play. He plays in the MAC. Obviously, that's not really it's not a Power Five school. He doesn't play the best competition. Uh, but I think Kayvon Frazier, you know, he he has the physical tools and attributes to maybe be drafted. This injury is going to hurt him though. It's going to be interesting to see how he recovers from this and where he ends up. Uh, but other seniors think uh, Blake Serpa. Yes, he's a nice guy off the edge. Uh, he could probably catch on with a team, maybe in, in the tr- training camp or something. Mm. I know the Lions have a history of drafting former Chippewas, but you'd seen with a, or even uh, just picking them up as free agents. Right, yeah. right, yeah. right. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of options. Yeah, I think even Ben McCord, the tight end, he had some some big games. Also, some games where he didn't do as well, but he's a big body. He can catch the ball, and if he can really get rolling, I think teams could maybe take a chance on him. He might not be a bad risk to take, especially later on. After after the draft is over, undrafted free agent isn't too big of a risk. So that's about all the time we have for football today. Um, it doesn't matter what month it is. We're always talking football. There's lots of stuff going on with it. We got pro day coming up, like you said. We'll have the draft in April. All kinds of stuff going on, spring game, whatnot. But let's get to where we are right now. It's it's almost March. It should be March every other year, but it's it's still February this year. Um, so we got March Madness. We have the Chippewas, the men, and the women's basketball. And they're really both in the thick of things after the past oh, week. Yeah. We were sitting here a week ago, Surma, you and I, and they'd both lost on Saturday. And it really looked kind of bleak, especially for the men. The women, it was mm-hmm. like, all right, the wing streak's over. For the men, it's like, oh, man, they might not even be able to host a first-round game, much less get a bye in the first round. Now, all of a sudden, both of them have gone 2-0 this past week. Big win for the men at Toledo on Saturday mm-hmm. and for the women at Western Michigan on Saturday. What? What? How, I don't even know what to say, Andrew. What, what's going through your mind with two more games to go? What do these teams need to do to really get on a ro- roll? Well, that's a big-time win for the men's at Toledo. Mm-hmm. Western, I, I picked Western to beat the women's team, but they were without Miracle Woods, mm-hmm. which with some research I probably could have found that out. But, you know, th- they got that was a big win for them too, but not as big as that men's win in, at Toledo. Yeah, What the men's did team did th- this week was – so it's something that if if they do go on to win the MAC championship mm-hmm. tournament, you can look back at this weekend, this week, and say, okay, that was definitely their final turning point in the season. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and we talked about it last week, especially for the men with the, the MAC standings being so tight. It, that really, if they could win those last four games, they would maybe even be the favorite going to yeah. the MAC tournament. If they lose the last four, they could maybe be one of the worst teams in the MAC. That's how close it was. Is you could just had to stay 500 for most of the year, and then it really came down to what these last four games are. So far, they're two and zero. Now, can they beat Ball State on the road tomorrow? That's gonna be really tough, tough on t- Tuesday night. And then they got Western at home on Friday, which hopefully is a win. But they lost to Western earlier in the year, so you you don't really know what's gonna go on with these guys. Right now, they're nine and seven, so they're in a three way tie for fourth place. Um, and you really want to be in that top four because that's what who gets the first round by. So it's Akron at 11 and five, Ohio at 10 and six, Ball State at 10 and six. Buffalo has the tiebreaker at nine and seven, CMU at nine and seven, and Kenton State nine and seven, and then you got two eight and eight teams and a seven and nine team right behind them. It's so close in this MAC mm-hmm. race. Um, I, I know Evan, you were at the Ball State game uh, last when they came to McGurk Arena and beat the Chippewas. Um, 
it was pretty close the whole game until the end. Ball State pulled away, and I think they won by 12 points. Mm-hmm. Now the Chippewas are going on the road there Tuesday night, and that's really going to be pivotal. They can move into a second-place tie, potentially, if they win tomorrow, or they could drop down as far as eighth tomorrow the, with two games to go. It's crazy. So what do you think of this Ball State team, and, and what do you think the Chippewas' chances are on Tuesday night? Well, the first game against Ball State, uh, I don't think CMU played very well at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, Feel like it was a close game, and then there was a point I think in the second half where Ball State just took it to him and just kind of dropped him 12 point loss. I think Ray Shonson was like the only Chippewa that had a great game that game. Uh, but I'm looking at the Chippewas right now, just for both men's and women's, uh, it's gonna be an exciting week. If you're a CMU student and you love basketball, want to see these teams play the best, this is the most intense week of the season. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about the men's team, you know, going to Ball State. And having Western, two teams you lost to earlier this year, mm-hmm. uh, significantly. Uh, you talked about if they lose, they go down to eighth. If they win, they're tied for first in the MAC West and have a chance to get one of those top four seeds that are just coveted right now. The MAC is mm-hmm. so crazy. And just last week, uh, the great CMU put on a great performance the last two games against mm-hmm. NIU and Toledo. We were at the game in Toledo, and we just saw a team that was just – it was very different. Keno Davis, the head coach, kind of talks to the officials the entire game, and he kind of settled back. He let his players play. It was a really intense game. It was very close. Chris Fowler picked up his fourth foul with 12 minutes left in the game. You're 12 thinking, and a half. Wow. 12 and a half. Wow. <laughs> he sat on the bench for four minutes, and you're thinking, oh, how is CMU going to win this game? And they toughened up. Deron Scott, with his size, he's going against an NBA yeah. pro- prospect, the Nathan Booth. He's like 200 Something 50 pounds, 250 yeah, pounds. Deron Scott, the sophomore, coming off the bench and just getting the game-winning bo- bucket, having a few key blocks at the end. Yeah, you know this team pulling out the two-point victory in, in front of 5,600 fans too. That were all rooting for Toledo. It was full. It was in full. Savage Arena. It was it was very savage like at Savage. Now Arena. we said earlier in the year that what that the men's team has for them always in their back pocket is experience. This year, mm-hmm. do you think that came to light? Uh, Saturday? Well, it definitely did for Chris Fowler. Yeah. No one else, I can't picture anybody else that has four fouls and playing pretty much <laughs> almost a half of a half and not picking up that other foul and not really dropping the intensity, really. He right. he said that he knew he had to play smarter and that there might be a chance where he gets called for something, but he couldn't be t- timid in that, and he really wasn't. And it was pretty impressive. I know we were like, okay, you can't go to overtime because all these guys have four, well, at least Chris Fowler had four fouls, but I don't even know if it had mattered then. Toledo had a chance to win. To win, they missed a game-winning three-pointer as time expired. It was it was crazy. But if you just look at this parity in the MAC, the two teams with the longest winning streak right now, the winning streak is two games. Yeah. So that means no one's won more than two. And those two teams are Central Michigan and Miami, Ohio. Who with I think they started the season like 0 and 7 yeah. in the MAC or something. All of a sudden they've beaten like Akron, which is the best team in the MAC, and it's really just madness over there. So I really don't know. I guess what would you guys say is your crystal ball prediction? Where, what seem you going to do in these last two games, and what seed are they going to finish in? I think they're going to lose tomorrow at Ball State. They're going to drop down to the eighth spot. I think they're going to pick up a victory at home. The scene, the finales. Chris Fowler, Ray Sean Simmons, John Simons. Their last Seeing game in McGurk Arena. They're going to win that game. So they're going to finish. I think to be 18 and 14, 10 and 8 in the MAC. I don't know where that puts them. I feel like they're going to host a game on Monday at McGurk Arena and then mm-hmm. possibly win that and go to Cleveland on Thursday. That's my prediction. We'll okay. see from there. Yep, so those 5-8 through eight seeds do host the first-round games, hosting 9-12. through 12. I got to say the same. I, I agree with Evan. 
Ball State dropped 115 points on Eastern. Uh, Eastern beat CMU twice. So I, I I don't know. That does not that doesn't mean that they're going to come out and drop 115 again or anything yeah. like that. But I guess that could go to show you where their offense is at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think they're going to split these next two games, and let's see what that put them in a fifth, sixth seed spot. It really depends. Yeah. somewhere between somewhere fifth and eighth, most likely. Uh, it's, it could, it's it's wild. You never know. It depends what Kent State, NIU, and Toledo do. The lucky thing is CMU has the. Um, We'll have um, the tiebreaker over Toledo since they beat him twice. Everybody else is a little bit up in the air. They beat Kent State and Ohio, so it's not too bad if you ended up tying with those teams. Buffalo has a tiebreaker over CMU. We have all the tiebreaker information up on our website, cm-life.com, so feel free to check that out. We also got the max standings up there. It's going to be a wild one. I'd probably say they'll end up in that 5-8 through eight range as well. It's even as big as that Toledo win was, it's going to be tough to, to replicate that. And it was only by two points. So it, it was really up in the air. And I don't know, Ball State's pretty good, but they're not they're not the team to beat, I don't think, in the MAC. So I could wouldn't be surprised if CMU upsets them tomorrow. If they do, that would be a huge one, though. That would be a very yeah. monstrous game for CMU. So looking at the women's side of things, uh, it, it's looking pretty good for the Chippewas. They guaranteed a top four. Um, spot in the MAC, mm-hmm. so that means they're going to be going to Cleveland no matter what. And that Wednesday, um, I think it's Wednesday the eight ninth, um, March 9th. Yep. Um, they might even have a chance to win the whole MAC right now. Ohio's at fourteen and two in the MAC, and CMU's at thirteen and three. And if CMU can beat Toledo tomorrow, they will clinch the MAC West outright, which is pretty spectacular. So, Sermon, yeah. you were following the game on Saturday. Um, who do they have left on their schedule? Toledo. CMU. Yes. Uh, they. Bring Toledo back here to uh, no, actually they go oh, no, down no. to Savage Arena yep. to play Toledo. Toledo had just beat CMU just I think a week or two ago in overtime, yeah, in overtime um, to end their eight-game winning streak. Uh, but so CMU has Toledo here on the second, and then at Eastern Mi- Michigan, other way around here. Toledo on the road, Eastern Michigan here. Yeah, that's okay. it on Saturday. On Saturday, and uh, I think that they that's two winnable games right there. Eastern yeah. Michigan might be tough. But uh, I think those are definitely two very winnable games for, for, the, for the women's team. and I th- not The number two seed Yeah. overall, yeah. Yeah, what do you think, Evan? I can't see him winning both of these games. Okay. I think they'll split them. I'm, I'm looking at the previous games. I mean, 66-65 at the Convocation Center in Ipsy. Hmm. Uh, they, they won that in a Reina Frost block. Mm-hmm. That's against Eastern, so... And then against Toledo, of course, they lost, snapped the eight-game uh, winning streak in overtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now you're going to Toledo. Toledo was a problem when they came to McGurk Arena. Now you're going to Savage Arena. I, we were just there on Saturday. That's an intense place, especially. I don't know how they're going to get intense on, on a, women's basketball on a Wednesday, Wednesday maybe, night. But, but, but uh, you never know. They're, Toledo's the four seed right now, and team used the two seed. So those are two of the best teams in the MAC going against each yeah. other. Right. But, you know, this team... I love this team. I'm, I mean, I'm falling in love with this team. Yeah, uh, it's it's hard not it's, to it's honestly. Hard. They're the underdogs. The underdogs with two freshmen starting. They're playing like sophomores. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Tanara Moore. Yeah. I think she's leading the MAC in field goal percentage right now. She's she got to be up there in double benched. doubles. She's got. She's up there in double doubles too. And then, you know, they got Cassie Breen can shoot the lights out. Uh, she had her appendix taken out. By the way, oh. by the way, mid mid midway through the season. Yeah, she came back about a week later and played. And just then. kept playing, kept playing, and Jewel Cotton to spark off the bench. This team is just, and then Swart, Leah Swery, and Mike Corley. Yeah. Uh, so even she's Sue's and to her bench. Sue Guevara 
is having the bench. She kind of stayed away from the bench earlier in the season mm-hmm. when I was covering them. Uh, it was just kind of the stars, but now she's using this whole team aspect, and they're winning all these games. Uh, I think they're probably going to get – I don't think they're going to get the number one seed. Yeah, the Ohio would have to lose both, and Simu would have to win both because Ohio beat Simu earlier in the season. Right, I think but they, they could still tie Ohio and, and get a share of the MAC regular season title. Right. I think they get the two seed. Yeah, that's that's probably yeah. the most likely at this point, being two games up on third and fourth place. And um, so it's, it's going to be interesting for sure. CMU has won 10 out of their last 11 games, the women's hmm. team has, and 12 out of the last 14. They haven't lost a game in regulation since January 6th. <laughs> Wow. At Buffalo. Wow. And that's, that's wild. They haven't lost at home in regulation since December 15th. And that's the only time they lost at home this year to in regulation. So I don't know, man. They're they ready to go. They seem to be winning all these close games and whatnot. They got Toledo and Eastern. They don't have a whole lot of experience out there, but if they can just keep going and doing what they're doing, I'm, it's going to be a fun team to watch. And yeah. it'll be interesting to see what they can do. Yeah, their, their offense can just light up in, in the blink of an eye. They come out and start the third uh, quarter on uh, Saturday's game and five three-pointers in a row to take control of the game. Hudson hits two in a row, Breen hits two in a row, then uh, um, Jasmine Harris hits one herself. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it all starts with recruiting. Uh, yeah. People last year were kind of, kind of playing, how are they going to replace Crystal Bradford and how – is this team going to form and make a difference? Because what were they, fifth in the preseason poll? They were yeah, fifth, I think. Fifth in the MAC West. And this team, since 2015, changed in 2016. They have just been on a roll. Uh, you talk about Sue was able to get Presley Hudson and Raina Frost. So it's, in high school, they were Miss Basketball finalists. And she's able to convince them to come to CMU. And we're seeing already, people maybe would have thought the fruits of this program would come together in maybe a couple of years. But we're seeing uh-huh. it right now. This team is in contention for a MAC championship. The men's team is, too. This is an exciting time for Central Michigan basketball. So I agree. The, the women's team, I think, has won um, the the MAC tournament once ever, and that was in 2013. Okay. The men's have won a couple of times. But it's, defi- it's never happened where both teams win in the same season. What would that mean for, for CMU basketball if both teams could end up pulling off the upsets, I guess, and, and win the tournament? I think something that Rob Wyman told us earlier and that this was the first time in a while that the department has been happy where both the programs are at, men's and women's. They think they're they're confident. They're they're both you know trending in the right direction, and in good hands. And I, I think that would just be a testament to to that idea that we got two damn good programs here, Mount Pleasant. Mm-hmm. It could be a basketball school. Yeah, you the, know the weird thing was that it could it, be a basketball school. People didn't think that was going to happen most of the year. They didn't really even show up at too many games, but uh-huh. all of a sudden. As the season's winding down and they're playing all these road games, they're, they're winning and it's getting to be exciting for both teams. And we talked about a couple of years ago, the men's team, they had Ziegler was the head coach and he bolted and you bring in Keno Davis. I think he took a year off from coaching, mm-hmm. wasn't he? He was with, at Drake and Providence and all that. And yep. comes in with the team with Chris Fowler as a freshman, sophomore. They're at the bottom mm-hmm. bottom feeders of the MAC. And just last year, they, the preseason poll, they were expected to finish towards the bottom, just like the women's team this year. Mm-hmm. And they go out, clinch a share of the Mac West, they go to the championship game against Buffalo and lose. But this team is just tremendous what they're doing even still. I mean, they lo- they lost Blake Kibbets for the year. Yep. Uh, you lose Austin Keel. Austin Keel was the best player on the team last year, but he had he like 40-something three. Yeah. yeah. And this team, they're playing with basically seven or eight guys for 40 minutes. Yeah. And mm-hmm. 
they're still continuing. They're above 500. They've won their last two games. They have a ch- chance to win these last two games. And yeah. this is a bit of an exciting time for Central Michigan basketball all around. It definitely is. Looking at the women's side of things, let me read you the the MAC records for Sugavar's team dating back to her first year in 0708. So it's two and 13, <laughs> nine and seven, eight and eight, 11 and five, eight and eight. 12 and 4, 16 and 2. Now these are the Crystal Bradford years. And then I think last year was 7 and 11. This year it's already 13 and 3 and has the potential to be as good as 15 and 3, which would she's already clinched their second best MAC record in her time here. Would you say this is her most impressive feat as a women's basketball coach, at least at Central Michigan? I don't even think it's Sue. I uh, think Sue's always been the coach that's always on her players. I don't think she's changed, but the players she's been able to get have changed. I mean, we talk about Presley Hudson and Raina Frost, the two freshmen that Sue's told to get out of the gym. They're gym rats. They're in there <laughs> 6 a.m. for 8 a.m. practice. And just this type of team, she said this is the hardest working team she's ever coached. And that Sue's already able to coach. Uh, mm-hmm. She's coached this team to a MAC tournament championship in 2013. Uh, but now she's got the right players that she wants. Uh, they're just coming in, working hard, and staying out of trouble. I know the previous teams, Crystal had some problems, uh, but this team's staying out of trouble. Uh, they're just playing well, and they're playing hard. They want These freshmen have a lot of goals. They're coming in, a lot of ambition, and we're seeing it uh, right now. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Sarah? I, I'm with Evan. They seem to be doing everything the right way. Um, I'm kind of curious to see you talk about the players and how uh, Sue has the players that she wants now. How much – did Crystal Bradford affect recruiting for women's basketball program? Her coming here, her going out seventh overall in the NBA yeah. dra- WNBA draft, what does that do for a program? It, has yeah, to, it had to have done something. Going to the NCAA tournament, too, in 2013 had to be big. That, that puts you on the map, in my yeah. opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I don't know. It's, it's going to be a good get one. Get a marquee player in there. She's in the max. She's yeah. probably the best player in school history. In terms of everything, she's up there in all the categories. And just her style, her personality, the way she played the game. She's a superstar, at least least in her her own head. (laughs) Hey, her number should be retired. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But, yeah, I mean, even last year they go 7-11 with Crystal Haftier, and this year they're going to be 13-3, maybe 14 or 15-3. I mean, that's pretty – This definitely no one thought that could happen. But one thing I thought was interesting, sir, I was talking to you yesterday, you said that – Sue's almost like demanding them to get out of the gym because they—they I mean they're young, they're freshmen. You don't want them to burn out right when the MAC tournament hits. Is that like an actual concern? Oh, I don't. My, Sue will give you some some coach talk, some coach speak, and it's never a concern. Her her shooters are gonna hit their shots and they're mm-hmm. gonna come out and play their game regardless of the scenario. But as I said earlier in some previous podcasts, was maybe this women's team was getting too hot too quickly, too soon. Well, not as much that, but just are they are they overdoing? Are they showing up too early to practice and just going to be burnt out? I mean, what do you think? I don't know the science behind that. I don't know what their diets look like, but I, I I'm assuming that if they work too hard, they can get burned out. I mean, I don't. I okay, don't know. I, I didn't yeah. know if she would say anything about this. Yeah. So I no, I, I, have you heard, heard Sue? You went to practice last week. Yes, I did. Yeah, did she have anything to say? Not really, but <laughs> I don't think. We talk about this team if they're getting burned out. It doesn't look like they're getting burned out right now. They've they've only lost one game since January 16th, and that was in overtime. Maybe yeah. the work in the gym is helping them. This team is just fully committed, and that's what you have to do to be a championship team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, 
got some MAC championships coming up for the men's and women's basketball. Also for wrestling. I think yeah. that's this coming Saturday and yep. Sunday, is it? Yep. So that'll be interesting, too. We got, I think, CMU's ranked third in the MAC. They finished the year 6-2, and two, and they're not number 19 overall in the country. Missouri is, I think, top six, so they're going to be yep. real tough. They are sixth overall in the country. And then Kent State's just ahead of CMU, so it's, it's going to be interesting. I think we were looking – we got a preview story up online. CMU had won, like, ten straight MAC championships. And all of a sudden, Missouri yeah. comes in, and now Missouri's won every year since in the last three or four years or something like that. Um, almost, it's almost not even fair. Yeah. Missouri's really been dominating, but this CMU team, I mean, they have a chance to have some a couple guys go to the NCAA's, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the the, the MAC has a lot of bids, uh, at large bids to go. Forty one, wasn't forty one at large bids. So you're gonna see guy, you're gonna see Heffernan going probably likely, um, Ottinger mm-hmm. going, maybe even Brent Fleetwood if if he can be health, if he can stay healthy, okay. honestly. The one twenty five um, pounder. At the, yeah. Um, I like to. S- my biggest thing for this MAC tournament is to see if Heffernan wrestles at the 165 pound weight class instead of Jordan Atienza. That's the most interesting thing. So interesting story here. Oliver and Heffernan yeah. are both at the 149 pound mark. So Heffernan missed a lot of the season with an injury. He was the starter, and he, he started. He yeah. was well, the, at least the top 15 ranked nationally, 149 yeah. pounder. And then he goes out. So Oliver comes in and doesn't. They don't miss a beat at that 149 pound. I think he. I don't know if he's lost yet. Uh, I. Maybe, maybe to, to Missouri. To Missouri, okay. I think. So he's just been dominating. He's won a ton in a row. Yeah. All of a sudden, Heffernan gets healthy, and now it's like, now what? You can only wrestle one guy at this 149-pound mark. So they, I think they end up doing a wrestle-off in practice between the two. Yeah. Oliver won it. So Heffernan's like, well, I guess I'm out of spot now. They decide, you know what? Jordan Atienza maybe hasn't been doing as good at the the next weight class up, 165. What if we have him go there? So Heffernan wrestled there. And you can wrestle up. Yeah, so he weighed 149 pounds last week, but wrestled at the 165-pound mark. So you can imagine that that's an extra challenge. He got 15 less pounds. He ended up losing. Um, So I think Borelli said what's going to happen is who's going to wrestle at the MAC championships at 165 is going to be decided by another practice wrestle-off. And that would be kind of fun to watch. I kind of wish I could be there for that. That would be be a really interesting little behind-the-scenes. But I'm – I wonder if Heffernan's trying to bulk up in these next couple of weeks, maybe gain at the five pounds. I know that there's regulations on. Mm. I know there's uh, how much you can lose. You can lose. I'm not sure if there's regulation on how much you can gain. That's got to be music to your ears. Like you can gain 15 hey, pounds. Hey, eat away, kid. Like happy Taco Bell. Like, no running. Go to town. Don't sweat. Like I'm sure. Like you still have to be in shape. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be just like just have all this belly fat and beer <laughs> belly or whatever it is. But like at the same time, it's like you don't have to like skip meals or whatever you have to do or maybe I know they were talking about we had a story about what kinds of foods they eat and stuff to try and cut weight and it's a lot more vegetables and stuff like that instead of the carbs things so maybe that, that means right more carbs you. for them um so yeah I don't know that's got to be yeah. kind of a cool thing but then again it's like all right you, you haven't really wrestled at this weight class much he's only went once and he lost yeah that's got to be a little nerve-wracking and to see if he can maybe win that spot away from Atienza yeah that, that's the one question mark, and then Fleetwood's foot injury. If mm-hmm. he's going to be able to go 100%, he's going to go regardless. Yeah. But will he be 100%? That's yeah. that's a question mark. It's going to be tough. So it's going to be interesting. Well, I think they're in Ypsilanti for the MAC championships. Yes. Yep. We'll definitely uh, keep everybody updated on that. Um, gymnastics, they still got another two meets to go. They lost last night uh, to rival Kent State. was mm. kind of a disappointment. But one of the stories we're talking about is Casey Janowitz, and she's a freshman gymnast, and she's just been tearing it up for this gymnastics. And all around, right? Yeah, she, she, so she does every single event, the vault, 
the bars, which we also have a feature on the bars in, t- in Monday's paper, uh, the balance beam, and the floor routine. I think, um, I, f- I don't remember what she had on Sunday night, but last week against Western Michigan, she had two 99s and two 98s, and that's out of 10. Wow. And wow. she was just shy of breaking the record for CMU all around her. And that record, coincidentally, is held by <laughs> coach, head coach Jerry Rygard's daughter. And it's, she's had it for 13 years, and Rygard says, I'm sick of it. Somebody yeah. needs to break this record. At 13 years, it's too long. That's what our gymnastics beat writer, Anthony Cook, told me. He said, mm-hmm. uh, Rygard, from his own mouth, said, I, I want that banner down. It's my daughter, but I, that banner, I want it down. Yeah, I mean, it just it kind of speaks to him as a coach. He wants he wants to have somebody that can beat that record. And if anyone can, I think it's her right now. She's still got another three and a half years, and she definitely seems to be progressing. we got a cool story in the paper. So to so take a look at that as well. Definitely. Um, so we got the bars thing. And the last thing we're going to hit on today is, is Luke Meyer's parents. Um, you don't talk about people's parents too much in, in sports, but these two are interesting people, and they seem to be really on the CMU bandwagon, whether they win or lose, right, Evan? Right. Well, uh, his parents' names are his name Rick and Nikki. Rick and uh, Nikki. They're Rick both and Nikki. from Addison, Michigan. That's where Luke played high school ball. Luke was a uh, – he was in the Mr. Basketball conversation there. He's an uh, all-state – he was – did track and field there too, I think. But uh, his parents, they do something very unique. They go to every home and road game. Uh, every single game? Like that. I think the only one they, well, the only one they have missed this year is at Grand Canyon in Phoenix. But they that went down sense. to golf, the Gulf Coast Florida. Showcase in wow. Florida. Virginia. They, Virginia. Utah. Utah, yeah. No, they're not retired. Wow. Both of them work. How, where do they work? work? You, you wrote that in the story, right, Evan? Yeah, they both work in Jackson. His mom, Nikki, she's a nurse, and his dad works at the machine shop. Uh, mm-hmm. But they have very flexible schedules. I think I guess so. uh, his dad, Rick, said he, the owner lets him, has like a lot of leeway. Uh-huh. So he, they're able to go. This He basically said this is how they save up. This is their vacation, is traveling around. Uh, Luke has a sister in Toledo. She goes to Mercy College, but she goes to the game. She was at the Toledo game on Saturday. She was mm-hmm. at Kalamazoo uh, a couple weeks ago when they were at Western. Uh, but they go around. They watch Luke play. Uh, they said they're going to continue watching Luke play. Uh, mm-hmm. It was an interesting story. Uh, Luke's mom, Nikki, uh, she played at Toledo. She was a college mm-hmm. uh, basketball player. Uh, Luke's grandpa, he like scored 1,000 points in high school, so he's – Kind of a legend in the Monroe County. Yep. Uh, Luke's dad played intramural at Toledo, and he yeah. played high school ball. But they met at Toledo, so it's kind of weird. Toledo's just been their kind of alma mater, their home, you know, Mac school. And they see Luke coming here to Central Michigan. Now they're cheering for the other side. They got their own seats in McGurk Arena. Yeah. Uh, you can see them on Directly the opposite across side. Directly from the CMU bench, right? Right on the north uh, northeast side, mm-hmm. if you're facing, but. It's a very cool story. Um, talk about an age where people can stream student athletes on online, maybe like ESPN three or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how they, far they is Addison from Central Michigan? It's about a couple hour drive. That's That'd hours. be like four hours. No, I'll, I'll is it so. past Jackson? Well, south it's around that area. It's in the it's story. Like south. Yeah. I'll, I'll look it up, but yeah, it's a couple hours. But to, just to hear the fact that they. They go to every road game, whether it's in Buffalo yeah. or Northern Illinois or I'd, wherever it is. It's just kind of – it's pretty cool. And and even Luke talks about it. It's a real big basketball family. He goes home and he, he tells his, his family, like, can we turn basketball off on the TV? <laughs> like, this is like my life. And I, like, I'm like, I'm almost tired of it and want a break from it. But he, he received offers from Wisconsin, Texas Iowa. A&M, Iowa, and even Toledo where both of his parents went. So I think it's a really interesting story. 
he committed to Central Michigan before his junior year. So he's been following this team yeah. ever since the seniors now were freshmen. That's Chris Fowler. That's Ray Sean Simmons. So they kind of been ingrained in Central Michigan basketball. They built a good relationship with mm-hmm. Keno Davis. And I guess yeah. it's going to continue now into the future when Luke's going to be a highly big piece of the, this team's future. Him and Deron Scott, the center position. He is. And he, it's, so I looked it up. It's 55 miles from Addison to Toledo. Which is where um, he Addison is where his hometown in Toledo is where his parents went to school, and it's a 125 mile drive from Addison to Central Michigan. So that's quite a hike for I mean just nine home games in the MAC alone, plus all the ones the rest of the season. I think last year they traveled to almost every game. I remember in the story you, you mentioned that um, I remember Luke said his mom missed one of his freshman high school games because uh, it was postponed because of a snow day and she had to be out of town for that day. And um, she cried after the game because she missed it. And Luke said huh. after that, he, he pretty much knew his mom was going to be there for all the games. And he can actually Fine. hear him on the sidelines during the game sometimes. Yeah. He says he doesn't really focus on him, but he can hear him. And a lot of times they say, hey, put your hands up, Luke, and <laughs> he'll remember to do that or whatnot. And it's pretty cool just to hear the encouragement. And, and they're just very determined to be there for him. It's, it's pretty cool. I'd love to see how many miles total they've traveled. We were thinking about adding that A up. Mapper. That would have been just crazy to see. I, I think they said with hotels, what, 150 to 200 150 to $200 a night. So you add Ooh. that plus all the gas. They said they're thankful gas is cheap right now. So <laughs> yeah. they can log, trek all around the country, basically, around the mid- Midwest right now. Yeah. yeah. It's a really good experience. That another example of what Division One and that really collegiate and sport in general can provide mm-hmm. to a family. And well, so like Keno Davis said, he said that he likes to recruit in-state so that families have the opportunity to watch their kids play live yeah. instead of just on the TV or all that. And mm-hmm. that's what one of his goals is, he said. Yeah. Both of his parents are big Toledo guys, but you can see even in our photo with the story, they, they got Central Michigan stuff on. Like They feel like they're really a part of this team. And I'm sure the other players know a lot about them, too. We didn't, we didn't get to talk to too many other players, but I'm sure that they're, they're pretty close with all of them, especially on all those road trips. And it's just a really cool story. saw Chris Fowler give uh, Nicky Meyer a hug after the game, so I really? guess he's already ingrained with this team. Yeah. They're definitely a part of the team for sure. So that's about all we have time for today. Um, thanks, Evan, for jumping on the show with us. Surma, uh, pleasure as always. And as always. I think that's about fun. it for Maroon and Bold. Um, anything else you guys wanted to add? Are we good to go? Good to go. I think good we're good. Go. I, th- I don't have any little tidbit today. I'm uh, good. All right, well, we'll have lots of stuff. Even throughout spring break, we won't be publishing a paper on Monday and Thursday like normal. Uh, Monday was our last edition until after break, but we're still going to be publishing stuff online, so keep up on Facebook, Twitter, all these things. We probably won't have a podcast next week, but we will no. be going down to um, Cleveland, Ohio for the MAC Championships, so we'll have all the coverage from there. So make sure you follow us on all the different social media sites, cm-life.com. That's about it here on this uh, wonderful Monday Leap Day. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day.